0: Good morning and welcome to New Church Live. My name is Angela Cooper and my role here is helping plug people into the New Church Live community and all the things happening here. And I just wanted to take the time to record this message to let you know about a handful of ways to get involved. Um, we're really excited, we're busy planning our fall series that kicks off on September 26th called A Better Adventure. It's a four-part series and we're going to be offering some small groups connected to that series. Um, And right now we are trying to find some leaders who might be interested in leading some small groups um, and we're offering a training on September 8th at 7 p.m. which is next week. Um, And I just encourage people to come to this training, we call it a training, but really it's just an overview of the program. So if you're interested in hearing about the small group program or the series itself, um, I would encourage you to come and participate in the training. We will be offering some tips about leading a small group, especially on Zoom, and we'll be going over kind of what we'll be covering during the series. And really, um, if people want to lead a small group, great. If you just wanna come and hear more about the program, great. There's no pressure to actually lead a group, Um, although we'd encourage people, and I really tell people it's not as scary as it sounds. It's really about picking a day, a time, and inviting some of your friends to have a conversation about the message on Sunday. So it's really super easy, um, and we provide all the resources. So I would encourage you, if you're thinking about attending, to just try it. The the training, there's no pressure at the end to actually do anything more than just attend that meeting. It's a one-hour meeting on Zoom. So if you um, want that information, it's on our newsletter, our homepage, as well as I can email it to you. I'll put my email address down below. If you want any information, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're really excited about this program. The next thing I want to say is that we're still on the hunt for a Sunday volunteer coordinator. It's a paid role here at New Church Live, supporting the infrastructure, all the volunteers, and kind of the machine behind New Church Live. So if you're interested, if you've been thinking about applying, we really would encourage you to consider applying for this role. It's about five hours a week, and it can be done remotely during the week and then it's just supporting the Sunday experience so I would really encourage anybody who's kind of wanting to learn more to reach out for us for more information we can get the job description to you um, and I'm happy to talk to anybody who has any questions. And then the last thing I want to mention is that we, the best way to support New Church Live, or one of the best ways, is to support us financially. All of the programming here that happens runs on your donations and financial support. All of the pastoring work that Pastor Chuck does, the Sunday message, the live stream, um, the community service, all of the things that you love about New Church Live are supported by you. And so we would encourage you to make a donation to New Church Live, and the best way to donate no matter how you attend New Church Live, is to donate online. So you can do that either on our website, there's a donate button, or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word all lowercase to 77977 and make a donation, um, including there's an option for a reoccurring donation, which is what how I've chosen to set up my donation to New Church Live. It's just this ongoing support um, that I am able to do. So if you have any questions about anything I mentioned today, I will put my email address down below. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out and we wish you a wonderful week. Happy Sunday. So glad you're here.
1: Boy, what a beautiful song, and, and what a, you know important way to start today's service. Today we're wrapping up on our, on our series called Life on Life's Terms, and it's, it's interesting, you know, these conversations, like one of the pieces I want to start with is, is this idea that God wants us, all of us, to have a family, and it's not necessarily always biological, it's, it's a family that, that, that ripples out into community. Because life on life's terms is, is learning that we can't exactly predict the future. We can't predict the future. We don't know what's coming. Some of it's going to be good. Some of it's going to be really hard. And, and how do we move forward? How do we move forward in a way where we don't get all hung up on the little stuff, but are able to keep moving on with our lives? So with the little stuff, I just want to start with this little cartoon here from the New Yorker. And uh, this little New Yorker cartoon, the, the caption there is quick. It's the 45 minutes a year when tomatoes taste incredible. And I, I, like, I like that cartoon, right? Because it says, we can, we can get all panicked, I got to get 45 minutes, got to get, get our tomatoes in, so to speak. And, and life is just going to keep doing life on life's terms. And how are we gonna handle it? How are we gonna take a look at it? What are we gonna do with it, knowing that, that there are indeed challenges? And again, it was, was interesting last week, you know, we work on these sermons, oftentimes we're putting together like six, seven weeks in advance, tuning them up a little bit. And, and last week, as we were getting ready for this week, thinking about the hurricane, and, and who knew that, that Hurricane Ida would actually have an impact like this? You know, who would guess that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess that. Before you know it, you know they'll be having, they'll be having tornadoes and trevos, you know? All these things that, that we just can't even imagine, and yet we have to learn to deal with life on life's terms. Now, as we do that, I think it's real important to just acknowledge, you know, from where, where I sit as a pastor, I imagine where a lot of you sit, that this has just been, been a struggling time period. You know, there's there's just so many facets to it, and and working with people and talking with people and feeling those those stresses and strains, you know, it's a lot. And and this is one I've been been thinking about a lot, and I'm going to be working on this on our next series. You know, we, we live in this time where there's all these forces going on that are really challenging. And within that, you have this incredible polarization, you know, sort of this great sorting as to which side you're on. And that's, that's a challenge. I was reading this and I think it's worthwhile to think about. It was talking about the media of, of 30 years ago where, where you had to sort of get a stake out as wide a territory as you could because there were only three networks and you had to have this broad appeal. And now more and more things are segmented so people are trying to sort of have this hyper appeal within these little narrow segments. And I think, how do we get out of that? Like, how how do we start to change that so we can better deal with life on life's terms? Because if we're in this kind of hyper-partisan bit, every single event becomes a matter of blame. Not a matter of solution. Not a matter of coming together. But a matter of pointing fingers. And how do we do that a little differently? And I I think, folks, I'm just going to put this out there. I think church is... Churches and synagogues and mosques, you know, we have a super critical role to play in that. Super critical role. Because we're able to say, you are all welcome here. Because we're able to say, you are all welcome here. That's the world I think most of us really, really want to live into, that most of us feel called to. And it's, it's to use some of the language of a of little, little phrase from Martin Luther King on the beloved community. You know, that idea in this storm that we're facing, we must seek to build a beloved community where we want to be more than doggedly right all the time. <laughs> that idea of the beloved community is such a, such a powerful concept and incredibly important, I think, in terms of how we can move forward. Now, it's, it's understanding here, folks, that, that that life will fill with storms. I mean, life on life's terms, it's just life will fill with storms. I had a wonderful evening last night with a number of congregants and chatting, and, and it's just interesting, going around this, this big picnic table we're sharing, and, and, and all of us have certain things we're just facing that are hard. And we have certain things that are terrific as well. And we're all kind of trying to deal with life on life's terms. And we're trying to see this, this idea of this, that, that life does have these storms out there. And very famously, very famously in the Bible, if you look at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all have these accounts, many accounts of storms, and they all have this famous one where about, about storms and, and how does Jesus show up in storms, and that's the story I want to share with you today. Now, if you're looking at the Gospels, there's all these different accounts of it, and one of the real fun parts of my job has been this Monday, Monday through Friday morning, 8.30 a.m., Facebook Live little, little gathering that we have, which you're welcome to join anytime. And what we've been doing is we've been taking the Bible and just like doing like a sentence at a time We've been working through the Gospel of John. Again, that's one of the four Gospels. And it's interesting reading these different accounts because all four Gospels have slightly different accounts, which I think is beautiful. You know, if that's not something that's saying variety is perfection, hard to imagine what is. You know, that we have to understand things in the round. And I want to look at the account here from the Gospel of John because it's, it's a beautiful account. And it's a little different. It's probably one, even if you're well-versed in the Bible, you probably aren't familiar with this one because it doesn't get preached on a whole lot. And maybe it's the first time you've heard it, which is you get a chance to hear a beautiful story. So here we go. Here it is. When evening came, Jesus' disciples, in other words, his 12 followers, went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, in other words, that was the middle of the lake, it's about a seven mile across, you can see it's quite a big lake, actually. Three, three and a half miles across, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were terrified. But he said to them, it's I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. Immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. The line I want to look at, folks, you know, there's a couple of beautiful parts in it. One is, I love in there where, it again, it says, it's I don't be afraid. That that idea of of here we are in our lives, and a lot of time it can be pretty disconcerting. Maybe even terrifying at times. And Jesus doesn't show up and and sort of like, uh, it's not magical thinking. It's just this initial command, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. A very powerful place to start addressing any challenge in our lives. A little breath, an acknowledgement that within those challenges, God says, Jesus says with a smile, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And what was interesting, looking how this passage goes on, and then it says, Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Now, you can read a little bit into that, which is, which is fun. That, that idea, like, are you going to let Jesus in the boat or not? You know, and, and I think about these people, I think about how terrified, how scared they were, and, and how, like, upset and unsettled and unsure... And then they have to shift to, like, okay, so we just have to be willing to let Jesus in? Again, don't be afraid. And then that willingness to allow Jesus into that journey. Allow Jesus into that journey. That part, folks, of allowing God in, it's a lot, of, it may be simpler than maybe it gets made out to be, but also at the same time, more challenging. What does that really actually look like? Well, I want to talk about this, you know, this idea here of stones for a second. You know, that idea, right, that, that, that a stone can be used as something very harsh. A stone can be used as something that wounds other people. But here's the amazing part of ships when you look at this picture. Does anybody know what stones in a ship like that are called? Ballast. They're called ballast. And I love love that picture. I love that picture and that idea that that's that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about how do we create a ballast? How do we create, allow these things into our lives, these these basic truth parts that are going to just help the boat, just, just ballast it, help to balance it. There's a very famous picture, by the way, folks, and I don't don't have it, but it's a famous picture from a boat that was made in, like, the 1920s, and they had forgotten to put ballast. It was this big luxury liner. They'd forgotten to put ballast in it. So as soon as the boat pulls out of the harbor, guess what happens? Boop! Goes right over. I love this idea of allowing Jesus into the boat is so much about that ballast. It's so much about... Finding those things that that center us, that ground us, that help to balance us. And that's where we start to learn to navigate the storm. I say this a lot, and it bears repeating a lot. It's never about avoiding the storms. It's about how do we move through these storms? How do we find that ballast? How do we find the ideas? How do we find the people? How do we find the communities that are going to give it to us? Because that's how we let God in. That's how we let God in. That's what true surrender actually looks like. It's this incredible softening to the world around us, letting us into those things that ground us. Now when I come back after after our middle song here, I'm gonna talk some more really specifically about what are real specific things we can do to to meet life on life's terms, to find this balance, to to find these rocks, so to speak, that give us a sense of peace and strength and help to remove the fear. So now we're gonna have our middle song. Again, another beautiful song and, and That idea of of coming to the part where we're able to to deal with life on life's terms, remembering that life is good, that there's there's a plan out there, and and there are these two things. There are these two things. There are storms and there are boats. There's two things. we got storms and we got boats. And it's it's easy, and I'm going to come back to this in a minute here, it's it's easy to allow the storm to totally co-op all our attentiveness. And in this era of social media, we we get all our attention on the storm and then we start doling out blame. That's not the beloved community. That's not ballast. That is bombast. (laughs) Very different. What about focusing on the boats? What if we could just work at doing that? Yep, there's all these storms. And let's take a little bit of time here to look at the boats. What I want you to do, folks, is to take some time here. And and what I would love for you to do is to take 60 seconds and either put in the chat or you can go ahead and put it, text it to me at 215-740-3662, the answer to this question. What are your boats right now? What are your boats? What's helping you sail through? I want you to please take 60 seconds and either share that in the chat on Facebook or on live stream, or you can throw me a text with your answer there as well. So please take 60 seconds and do that. So thank you, folks, for sharing those answers. And I'll be coming back to those in a a few minutes. And I, I just want us to think for a second, you know, how does your life look? How does all of our lives look when all our attentiveness goes to storms? How does your life look that way? How does it work? It was, it was interesting yesterday, you know, we had a beautiful, beautiful family get baptized up in the Pocono Mountains. For those of you who aren't familiar with Pennsylvania, that's a couple hours north of Philadelphia. And this family did a beautiful baptism up there and I'm heading up on one of the interstates. And of course, there's all this Labor Day traffic. And, and you know, and, and I started getting into focusing on the traffic, <laughs> focusing on being late or not, and actually taking the traffic, being backed up very personally, that somehow this traffic was backed up just to make me angry. That's crazy, right? And and just like I'm so focused on this storm of this little traffic jam and I'm looking on my GPS and you know how much longer this traffic jam was gonna take me? Six minutes it was gonna (laughs) add on. Six minutes! But I had made it like 60 minutes plus the end of life as we know it. That's the human condition. That's what we do so much. And and we can focus on those storms. I mean, we just do it. Some of them are little, but some of them are big. And, And it's not about saying there isn't a storm. It's not about saying there's not a traffic jam or there's not this challenge and there's not that challenge. It's not about saying that at all. But it's about where are you going to deliver your attentiveness? Where are you going to deliver your attentiveness? Are you going to put it all in the storms? Or maybe, can you shift some of the attention onto the boats? Now to do that, don't forget that first step means taking a breath, Reminding ourselves of Jesus's beautiful words, "Don't be afraid." Now, how does that look when we start to pay attention to the to the boats? Well, here are some uh, here are some things that people people shared. I can't fix the storm if we just focus on what we can fix. Our co- focus comes off the frustration and begins to work towards a solution. I surround myself with people who love me and support that view to keep me strong. My boat. Life gives, always gives us exactly the teacher we need at every, any given moment. This includes every mosquito, every misfortune, every red light, every traffic jam, why did you put that in? Uh, every obnoxious supervisor, every illness, every loss, every moment of joy or depression, every addiction, every piece of garbage, every breath. Every moment is the guru. Another person wrote, my mom is my boat helping me to sail through. My wife, my kids, when not managing challenges, my extended family, my therapist, for me it's people and there's lots of boats because there's lots of storms. That's really good. Lots of boats because there's lots of storms. I feel like my boat is slowly sinking while half my family is emptying out buckets and the rest don't know what to do. Need to get them safely to shore. It's just a busy time of year. That is, and sometimes all you can do is bail. It looks, I don't have my boat yet, but it looks like this. They send me a picture of their boat. Being baptized, the strength of those around us, community, new and old friends. Boats, having a job to do, supporting my family, trying to be useful, trying to make a difference. From Florida, my wife, Nikki. Inclusiveness and the idea of fearing not, working at the food bank, the love of my friends and family. There's many others there too. And, and that's, folks, that's a great list. Because, see, imagine that we start to put our full attention onto that. Our full attention there. Like I, the idea, and I've said it here a bunch, but I think it's so important. Like, what are you going to literally pay attention to? You only get so many chips, so to speak, that you can dole out. Are you gonna dole them out storms or are you gonna dole them out on boats? If we can focus on that, that list you folks had, even sometimes knowing the boat is leaky and all we're doing is bailing water, that's better than the alternative, just so you know. Even knowing that, when when that starts to happen, I think what can start to happen, folks, is we start to recognize things. And, and, you know, I love words. I'm a word geek. Like, recognize, recognize. Cognition means thought. It's, It's like, how do I sort of take my cognition, my way of understanding the world, and how do I shift that? And this is the miracle. Like, please listen to this. What we start to recognize is this is our common fragility, our common vulnerability. That's such a different place than this place of this this overt concern with just being doggedly right all the time. If our primary concern is how to be doggedly right and how to prove that to everyone else, There's no place for that collective fragility, for that collective vulnerability. And that deals with all people. It's not a political statement at all. All of us need to recognize that. Because, folks, that becomes this place where a softening takes place, where fear can start to ebb because we know fear is shared, and we start to welcome God onto the boat. That, I think, matters a great deal in our lives when we get to that point, because if we understand that common fragility, that common vulnerability, that fear starts to ebb a bit, it will ebb a bit, it never fully disappears, I don't think. You know what else we start to experience? I wanna share this with you. Yes, we do experience this collective vulnerability this collective fragility, and this is so important, we also start to experience our common strength. We start to experience our common strength. And the byproduct of that is courage. We start to see that we're in this boat and we're in this boat with other people. I love what one person wrote, that there's many boats with different crews, and, and, and that idea that, yep, there's this common fragility, and then we start to see, like, this common strength. I mean, that was the miracle, watching all these people share at this picnic table last night, and there's all these challenges in life. But you know what? All these beautiful souls are finding a way through in really hard circumstances. They're finding a way through with God's help. And I never leave those things. I can't imagine you do either. I never leave those things feeling like there's so much common fragility, we're all doomed. (laughs) That'd be paying attention to the storm. I leave those things always feeling, and I imagine you share this too, this, this sense of this common strength. But God gives us this river that runs through it. Trying to live in that place. Now I want to share with you you one way to possibly see that and to see the way life, we can hold it in different ways. I want to talk about this famous idea of the straight and narrow. This comes from the Gospel of Matthew, one of the four Gospels. This is what Matthew says. Enter through the narrow gate. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So what, is, what does that mean? Well, it, we, could hold this, we could hold this a number of different ways. One way is we can, we can look at this straight and narrow, and we can, we can sort of make it into this really tight moral thing. like Like God only gives one path. He only gives one path. And if we deviate off of that at all, we're outside of the straight and narrow. That's one way to look at it, is this deep piece of judgment and blame. And there's another way to look at it, too. And I actually think it's a far more accurate way when you step back in to, to Jesus and how he taught. And that's not the straight and narrow about judgment, but the straight and narrow About focus. About focus. Folks, you ever been, you ever, you ever had, I, I know you have, right? You ever had a conversation with someone who made you feel like you were the only person on the planet? Because they were so good at listening. What if that's part of the straight and narrow? What if we could get this idea? Our choice is not to judge on the narrow, but to narrow our focus I think that's what this is actually talking about. I think the wide way, the easy path, which most people find is the path of judging everything. Blaming everything. I think the much more challenging narrow path is when you drop all that and you focus. And we start to focus on other people. We start to focus how God is moving through us. We start to focus on the, on the tasks right in front of us. We're not running around screaming, these are the 45 minutes when tomatoes are good. A lot more focused. That focus can be, can be deeply, deeply Life-giving that focus doesn't say that there aren't storms. You know, of of course there are storms. But what that narrow focus starts to do is it starts us to look at the boats. I mean, to really focus on the boats. What if we had a day, right, where we just didn't focus? What if just just this afternoon we said, we're not going to focus on storms the rest of the afternoon? How would that look to you? Well, it would look like don't complain the rest of the day. <laughs> Just drop it. Pay attention to the boats. Pay attention to the people on those boats. Pay attention to the ballast in that boat. Pay attention to those things. And maybe, what does that start to look like? I think when we narrow our focus, we start to narrow our focus onto things like this. This. That's what it really is. In the new church, we have this beautiful concept that the people who really get it, really get what Christ is talking about. Swedenborg, who was this super intelligent person, said, yep, the people who really get it, he refers to them as the simple good. The simple good, because they're focused. They're not way out like this, they're way in like this. And that focus can be what changes the world. And and the idea that is that focus, as we narrow that focus, that God joins us there. I love this this beautiful concept from, from New Church Theology. God does not rest until love plays the leading role in our lives, at which point all inner turmoil ceases. God does not rest until love plays the leading role in our lives, at which point all inner turmoil ceases. And you could just say that's the point at which which the storm ends. I think about this idea, too. You know, when when we start to focus on that, it can even change the way we we hold the storm. Again, because I I think it's dangerous, it's a false binary to think that we're not going to have storms if we focus on the boats. No, we're going to have both. But even even those storms, the, w- the way we hold it, the way we see it, starts to sh- slowly morph and shift. Here's a beautiful line from Parker Palmer. Now, Parker Palmer uh, is, a, is a Quaker and a Christian, and, and he was local to here in Philadelphia. And uh, he struggled with debilitating depression. And he had this beautiful line about what helped him. Listen to this, folks. And this was from a counselor helping him. His counselor told him, you seem to look upon depression as the hand of an enemy trying to crush you. Do you think you could instead see it as the hand of a friend? And I love this next line. Listen to this. Pressing you down to the ground on which it is safe to stand. Beautiful. Just think of that image, right? He had this image of of depression being like these waves that were just hitting, smacking, smacking, smacking. His counselor said, no, like, like instead, look at it as something that's like pressing you into the sand to give a solid place to stand where you find ballast, where you find God, where you find other people. As we go through this week folks ahead think about how that might look for you how does that show up and can we just have a day as we close this series like no and yep life is we're going to have life on life's terms it's going to have these things it's going to have these little bits of heaven which we talked about a few weeks ago these little bits of heaven that we get to experience and and boy they're good And then it's also going to have these great challenges, which Carl talked about so movingly last week. And then we get to put it together. And we get to choose our attentiveness. We don't get to choose all the circumstances of our life, but we certainly do get to choose our attentiveness. And maybe this week, let's just find it here. A shift away from just being myopically focused on the storms into a place where we see and celebrate the boats. Amen. So I want to thank you folks for joining us today. What we're going to be doing next week is next week we have a very special service. Every year we do a special family service, back to school, a special back to school service. I want to warmly invite you to that. And as well, I do wanna just, again, just pull the circle around. I do wanna invite you as well to Wednesday if you would like to lead a small group and you want some information, you just wanna hear how small groups work, please join me Wednesday night, 7 p.m. on Zoom. And again, you can put your information either in the chat, you can text me, you can email us here at New Church Live. We would love, we'd love to have you join us. Because folks, this boat thing, like, this is a better adventure. It's just all part of it. And I, I'm, I'm constantly humbled and, and, and inspired by the idea that we can choose that. In a time where we feel so powerless, we can choose that. And, and I'm pretty sure where God's blessing lies. So now, will you please join me in prayer? I'm gonna say the Our Father prayer, then after that, we're gonna go, go with a blessing, and then we'll just have a few moments of like quiet reflection, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us to understand and to maybe come to grasp in a deeper, more life-giving way about meeting life on life's terms. The little pieces of heaven the idea of life is filled with challenges and that choice of perspective. Which will we choose, storms or boats? Help us to live into that, Lord, help us to see that, help us to see the other people who are with us on this journey, to see the gifts they bring, to see the common vulnerabilities as well as this, as well as the common strengths let us live there bringing that world to life thank you Lord for your presence be with us in the week ahead in your name this day we pray Amen. our Father who art in the heavens hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thine will be done as in heaven so upon the earth give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, bring you home. Amen. Amen.